Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everyone. Today is Friday, February 9th, 2024. I'm your host, Rose. Today, I'm joined by Amber for Fan Favorite Fridays. How are you, Amber? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to have you join me. Well, number one, what is your favorite Tory song? It is Upside Down. (laughs) What? The second most important question for me, for sure, is what's your favorite performance of Upside Down? Well, I really love the um, performance from the concert for Rain, the 97 one. Mm-hmm. And I think I like that one a lot just because I can easily access it. I also really like watching, like more than I like to listen to live shows, I like to watch them on YouTube. I don't know why. It always makes me somewhat more emotional to watch it. <laughs> so that's one I watched often. I also like the one from the Legs and Boots from Melbourne in 07. I like that one because I was there. So I'm also just partial for that reason. You know, I'm starting to discover that doing these, that really being present for the performance makes a huge difference for people. Like that really sparks it. So are you band version or solo version for Upside Down? Well, I think I like, you know, I don't know, because I think originally I liked the solo version. But then this last leg, um, when she she used the band a bit, when she played it, I think she played it two or three times. And I was was good with it. And I think at this point, too, like later in her career, if she's I'll just take it however she wants to play it. Yeah, it's certainly getting less plays. Yeah. As it goes on, which is. Yeah. So what's your favorite lyric? My favorite lyric is, um, I'm okay when everything is not okay. And I also like the lyric, kittens in my hair, because I've always had lots of cats. So Hmm. I'm okay when everything is not okay. Like, if that's not your favorite lyric from this song, those of you who are listening, (laughs) I would like to have a conversation with you about what your favorite lyric is, because that's such a great lyric. Yeah. I love that. I use that in yoga classes. That's a pretty profound line for me. Honestly, I think it's like my favorite lyric of hers in general. And I think it also is like really central to her whole messaging of who she is as an artist. So I think that it like just summarizes her whole mission. Like, you know, be okay with yourself in a world that's going to be crazy and challenge you constantly. We're going to spend a lot of time when we're not okay. We probably spend more time when we're not okay, when we're in like discomfort or a sense of unease than we are going to be feeling good. So learning how to be okay when everything is not okay, like that's been like really a driving force in my life for sure. How can I be okay in this moment? Like when I'm not okay. Like Yeah. Life is still happening. (laughs) Life is still happening and I don't want to miss out because I'm not okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, then what's your favorite musical moment in the song? Like on the measure or run or note or... I really love, I'm not musical at all, so I'm not going to know like the technical term, but I love the extended piano part right before she gets into the bridge, right before she says everything's okay when I'm not okay. I really think that's... Mm -hmm. And I also love on the studio version, there's like little bells every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that because I listened to the studio (laughs) version and I was like, I hope she says something about the bells because if she doesn't, I have to say something because the bells kind of give it that extra oomph. I'm not like a bells person, but you know, when you throw church bells into a song, I'm kind of like feeling it a little more for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a nice touch. I mean, it's more orchestral on the album version, but she, of course, does it with the synthesizer. And that kind of gives it that really cool. It's almost like it's being played backwards. 
I really love, I think actually probably the studio version is my favorite version just because it's like, it's really rich and there's a lot going on in the background, but it's still like done subtly. So it's not overpowering, but yeah, it's quite, it's a beautiful song. I think <laughs> my yeah, favorite I mean, song, but yeah. It's produced well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of production in it and it's done really, really well. When it's done well, it makes for this beautiful, rich sound. Yeah. And I think when it's done well, it's beautiful and really like lush feeling. And those are a lot of my favorite Tori songs are the ones that have a lot of layering in them. Yeah. And this song is done really well. Like I try it when I'm listening to the songs, especially like for fan favorites. When I listen, I listen and I try and listen from the perspective of like, I mean, I don't know what the answers to your questions are going to be ahead of time because I don't want to know. But I like go into it. I'm like, this is somebody's favorite song. And yeah. I try to hear it like mm -hmm. with just that absolute love and devotion. I was like, man, this really, I need to listen to Upside Down more. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. And that's the thing that I've found in like the Tory groups in general, because there's songs that maybe I never paid much attention to. But then when someone who you kind of respect says, oh, I love this song, it does make you sort of re-listen to it with a new ear. And I think there's a lot of her songs that I've, you know, grown to love a lot more just because someone I know loves them. <laughs> well, yeah, then you hear the song and then you think about the person. Like I hear Upside Down and I think about my best friend Jeremiah, but now like layered on top of that, I'm going to be thinking about you. You know, then when she's touring, like, oh my God, she played so-and-so's favorite song. She played so-and-so's favorite song. And <laughs> yeah. Like that makes me so excited for other people that their favorite song is getting played. And I hope they're here. I know I need to start going to the Cincinnati shows because she usually plays it. Yeah, it's just turned into like, I'm going to play it in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't get a point on the Wills and Watts for Upside Down in Cincinnati, I, yeah. which I did, I don't, I can't remember if I picked it. I didn't win. I was in the lead for a good long while there. You were. I remember you and I, it was like a few of you up in like the top five like concerts. Yes. It was Gerald and I. And the funny thing about that was that Gerald, he's the one that did the set list graph. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Fabulous set list graph, which you can get on Etsy, by the way, for those of you that are interested. And then, of course, I'm keeping the stats. So we were constantly messaging each other back and forth and looking at stats and all of that. And towards the beginning of the U.S. leg, she was really playing the statistics. And then yeah. as we got towards the end, it was like she was just throwing it to the wind. <laughs> yeah, she kind of started to switch it up in the Midwest. It seemed like she was like, OK, I'm going to just going to do what I want tonight. She had a torical and she was just drawing at random. And you know, <laughs> if you're playing the stats, you're going to lose. <laughs> There's a few times when it seemed like she almost knew. Like, I think there was one day when Ephraim was like, nothing from the 90s. And then she played more 90s songs that, like, night than the whole show. <laughs> or the whole tour is. So. It was it's funny. Seemed, Definitely yeah, she's funny. like in on the joke. Yeah, like the Red Rocks show when she's like, well, the only things that I'm playing from the 2000s are going to be Mother Revolution and Climb. Everything else is going to be like a 1998 show, which yeah. is wild. So it's funny. So does this song have a color for you? Yeah, it's very blue. And I don't know if I just think that because she says little blue world in the song. But yeah, I definitely like when I visualize it, a lot of songs, I think I didn't even think about this until I thought about this question, but I see them almost like floating in space. <laughs> and then there's like something else going on. But this this song, I definitely like it's out in space, but there's a bright blue 
lyrics movement happening. And that's how I see it visually. Yeah. Yeah. There's that lyric there, but maybe she's just bringing the lyric in because the light filament from which she's inspired by the piece of music is actually that color. So maybe she's name checking. Yeah. She's well, earthquakes is kind of yellow. And is it, you know, a yellow bird because that's the color that she's seeing? No, it's kind of true. Like I kind of feel like that song is yellow too. So she might, it might be a, <laughs> her visualization coming out in the lyrics. T, if you're listening, this will be one of the questions that we have to have a conversation. We're just going to hope that I one day get to interview Tori. I'm, I've got a list of questions for her. I know. One day she's got to do the show. She's going to be like, they're all favorites, Rose. I can't do the show. <laughs> like, that's fine. I'll ask you about somebody else entirely. <laughs> but I've got all these other questions I got to ask you. Um, so what is the story that this song is telling you? Um, I mean, what I think is great about this song is... It kind of, again, is sort of what Tori's great at. Like, it's a beautiful song, but it's also kind of weird because it's like there's an argument happening in this song, you know? She's going back and forth, and I never really knew, like, is she going through an argument that actually happened in real life, or is this just more of, like, an internal conflict she's happening? But I think it's definitely a story of, like, you're in conflict, but you're also kind of finding yourself, and you're also kind of learning that I need to be able to depend on myself because the world is always going to be throwing things at me. And like you were saying early, like you're never going to be comfortable or happy all the time. So you do have to find a way to like sit with that and continue with life. And that's what I kind of think is the main story of this song. Is Upside Down a sister song and a precursor to God? Oh, maybe. You know, I never made that connection, but I can see that, you know. Like just as you were saying that, and I'm looking through the lyrics, you know, I mean, like who's turning this little blue girl upside down? I mean, she says, God, I'd love to turn it, but like who's turning it? And yeah, not me. <laughs> like who's the argument between herself or is she like arguing with God? Like I could see the. Yeah, know, like, I can see it because when you think of like God, sometimes you just don't come through. And then back to this song where it's like, you know, you say this and I do this. And it is kind of that constant back and forth with things that you probably don't have much power over, but you're still having that fight in your mind, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, perhaps the feminine aspect because she's coming out of your mother. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I always wondered too, like, was she breached? Is she being like literal and with that one line or... <laughs> You know, when she talks about coming. The Buddha is said to have been born feet first. Oh, okay. Right. And so the, there's always been this kind of like Buddhist connection for me with this song. I mean, the lore around it is that mm -hmm. when, when the Buddha was born, before he was called the Buddha, right? Siddhartha, he came out and he landed on his feet and he pointed at the heavens and pointed at the earth as if to say, like, I'm here. And that kind of... um makes a strong connection for it to being linked to God too, if you add yeah. sort of a Buddha connection in there, which I never made that connection, but I, it's going to add something new to think about. <laughs> right. We'll have to go listen, do some more homework, do some more listening. Yeah. Again, I mean, if we bring it back, if we bring that Buddhism into it, it's the, I'm okay when everything's not okay. The Buddha's like, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> it just you know, is. like I'm not this, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter if I'm not okay or if everything's not okay. I'm okay because I'm not that. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that part of that playing into it. Coming out of my mother foot first. But yeah. How does this song fit into the greater story of your life? 
in my life? Um, you know, I was so young and it's funny. I think about a lot of my favorite songs when I first heard them, I was, you know, like literally, uh, you know, like an adolescent, like 14 when I first started listening to her. And so obviously like a lot of the subject matter is so much more like grown up than I was at that time, but still you make that emotional connection. So I think right away, I'm trying to remember, like I first got boys for Pele, then I started collecting the singles and stuff as I could find them. So it was probably around 97 ish when I found this. I was still just a teenager, but I do remember right away liking this song musically. But then as I got older, I do have a story where I was, um, I'd gotten like in an argue with my mom and driving in my car and then uh, I had gone to see a friend. And right when I got back in the car after like, I think I was telling them about it and I was upset and right as I turned my car on, it would like started into upside down and that was kind of one of those moments where I was like oh I get it like I'm totally making this connection of like the upset of what this song is and you know what you have to learn about yourself so I always kind of just think of being young and having to learn those lessons of I have to make it in life and her music is definitely like well I think it's actually something you said recently is like it's a teacher and she's really a teacher in a lot of ways so I feel like this was definitely that song was there for me at that moment to teach me, you know, what I needed to learn. Yeah, it's holding, holding your hand through it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, some of us are going to lean towards music, some are going to lean towards art, we're going to lean towards these all, you know, religion, all these different places to get that depth of guidance in our lives. And for sure, music, for those of us that are musically connected, and by musically connect, I mean, there are people out there that just, you know, I think of friends that I wouldn't, I don't really have too many friends that are like this, probably for obvious reasons for whom it's like, oh, whatever. And yeah, just whatever's on the radio. And yeah, there, there's just kind of like, oh, you know, like, what's your favorite song? Oh, I don't have a favorite song. Wait, you don't have a favorite song? And not like, I don't have a favorite song in the <laughs> sense that like, I like them all. Like, it's just, oh, you know, I don't really care. It's yeah. No deal. What? How? How do you make it through life? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's hard for me to understand that. And I think, I mean, I've been obsessed with Tori pretty much since I was like 14. I've kind of, it's like ebbs and flows a bit, but it's always been there in my life. And this last Christmas, I was making gifts for my friends. I was like making handmade ornaments and I was asking everyone because I was doing like mod podge, you know, like what's your favorite thing, like either from childhood or now? Like, do you have a favorite celebrity or artist or you know character? And I had like three or four friends who are like, oh, I don't really have a favorite. And for me, I was like, wait, what? Like, how do you not have <laughs> a favorite something? <laughs> I totally couldn't fathom it. Yeah, I mean, I can understand because Jeremiah he picked Space Dog, but he's like, I don't really have favorite because there are many favorites. It is true. And I especially think about this, like when, um, whenever they put out a new episode on the podcast, I'm like, oh, like this is my favorite song, but also like 60 other songs are <laughs> probably also a favorite. Oh, that's really funny. I mean, I love, I definitely have like my top 10 and some of them mm -hmm. change, but you know, there's definitely a top 10, but it's really funny. I'm, we're, I'm teaching a yoga teacher training program right now in, in Oregon and this weekend we kind of start into the postures and the funny thing is like as i say all the time wait this is my oh i love this pose this is my <laughs> yeah. favorite pose and the fun and i say it like i get teased about it because i say it <laughs> all the time about just about every pose and then oh, yeah. i actually do have like a favorite favorite pose but i'm like this is my favorite wait no this one's my favorite <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, it's no, kind of great, yeah. Because you're almost like discovering it in the moment, like, oh yeah, this is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, probably what I'm really communicating is not that this way of the shape that I'm holding my body in is my favorite. I'm probably more communicating that when I'm embodied, that's my favorite experience. <laughs> you know, like that I like being I like being in my body, and that is my favorite experience. And so if I'm comfortable in the posture, I like being my body. And it's the same could be said for music as well. Like if music makes you feel like you're embodied and present and here and, and focused, then of course you're not going to have a favorite. Yeah, because it's always kind of whatever is giving you that feeling. Yeah. Whatever makes you feel like home, whatever makes you feel heard. Yeah. It can be one of those videos. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so how do you think your past experience in your life influences your relationship with this song? I mean, at this point, like now I'm, you know, in my forties, I've, you know, this song has been in my life for so long. It's hard to like answer this question. Like, well, when I first heard it as a teenager, I don't know that there's a ton in my life that would have connected to it. But now that I've been like 28 years or whatever it is, <laughs> listening to this song, um, I think, oh, I don't even know how to answer this question. It's just there. It's there. Like it's, and I feel like it's one of those songs, like sometimes I hear it and I'm like, that's oh, good. And then other times you hear it and you're like, oh yeah, this is why I love this song. And so when I need it, it's always there for me. Yeah. It's always there for me. Right. It brings it back to you. It brings you back to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think she wrote a song about coming back to you. More <laughs> yeah, than one. Right? More yeah, than one. A few of them. <laughs> a lot of, a them. Few of them. Yeah. A few of them. Yeah. They might be all about that. And that's why I kind of feel like this song is um, like right from the back as here. It's, you know, her first album. This messaging is kind of something that's been so consistent for, for her whole career. Like, you know, being okay with yourself and being principled in who you are. And I, I think that right, right off the bat, there it is. She's, she knows who she is and what her message is. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if she sees that as the a thematic message in her music. It would be super interesting. Yeah. Well, you have to put that question to her when you get the interview. Exactly. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I have questions for you. Call me. Yeah. Cause you have to imagine, I mean, just, you know, first of all, she's a Leo and then, you know, just being in the music industry, like I think, gosh, it's gotta be, well, one of my favorite bands, they do a lot on TikTok, and he was saying Brick and Mortar, by the way, for those of you that don't know, really fantastic band out of New Jersey, small band. So listen to them. They need support. Um, but he was saying this morning that like it's really hard to be in the music business because you're supposed to be really sensitive and write these like sensitive songs with feelings. You've got to be in touch with your feelings, all, but also at the same time, you can't be sensitive at all. Yeah, because you're going to be shot down. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to be shot down. People are going to pick apart your music people are going to pick apart your image and you know I me mean, we see it with artists all the time with their mental health sufferers i enjoy the fact that tori has you know there's tori amos and then there's the other person that we don't know at all yeah and none of us she? are ever going to know because <laughs> she's like nope you don't really get to see that yeah. part. and she's so private yeah she's private and she's wearing the tori amos mask mm -hmm. and i think it's a really smart move on her part so that she can go home take the makeup off and she's you know her whole life is separate whereas you have other people who their celebrityhood is their identity 
Um, yeah, it's there's no break. I can't imagine being famous on any level. Like I don't, I'm too sensitive in every way. Too sensitive, <laughs> but also you know, like oh, I'm gonna do. We're gonna have a show about my life, and we're gonna have the cameras all the time, and like yeah, I cannot. The vapidness that some of us see in that is probably the fact that it's like, well, I have to, you know, you have to put on a bit of a mask for. Yeah, they have to the disconnect their self a little bit. Yeah. It's like a protection. Yeah, if you're living that all the time, you become the mask. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you can see the lack of authenticity in a lot of things. I was liking it to Kristen Stewart. She was so uncomfortable in herself. Yeah, especially when she was young. And then when she came out, now she's living like an authentic version of herself, even though she's not showing the world all of those private moments of authenticity. She's from that authentic place and it's changed everything about her, which I think yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, her confidence and everything. Yeah. And then you're, you're right, because <laughs> she's definitely someone who I've watched too, because I have a young daughter. And so she was into Twilight. And I do remember like, you know, you can like see her squirm in interviews and stuff. And like, but now she's doing all these like, really interesting like independent films and she's you know much more confident so that's a good point and I never really connected that to her coming out but it probably has a lot to do with it. I just noticed a remarkable difference in what she was doing after she came out. I was like oh this is really interesting. Yeah she's herself now. <laughs> so I appreciate that Tori finds a way to be herself and has always found a way to be herself, but definitely has, especially, I think, after the 90s, really cultivated the mask that she wears to the mm -hmm. crowd. But she's still connecting. Yeah, she's very. And she has an amazing connection, I think, to her fans, you know, in a way that not many artists do. I, I know. I mean, how many artists have podcasts about them? Multiple <laughs> podcasts about them. Yeah. I talk about Tori every day. <laughs> And then Ephraim and I text about Tori regularly. Every day, yeah. <laughs> I got a text while we were recording this from our beloved Ephraim. <laughs> so that message of authenticity that really rings true in this song, I mean, it is a messaging from her music, for sure. Even when she's being silly and playing with other stuff, there's still that kind of underlying thread of being your own person. Yeah. That can be our lesson as we take this into our Fridays and weekends is how can you own yourself more? How can you really begin to love who you are and where you are now? Because I will say this, even when you're totally uncomfortable with who you are and where you are in the world, like, oh, this in my life is really like I'm struggling. This is not working. I'm trying to get away from who I am. You have to step into a moment of like honest reflection of, yeah, this is what's happening right now. Because if you don't pinpoint yourself on the map, you're not going to get anywhere where you're going. Right. You're not, you're, yeah, you're just not going to go. It's a stumble, yeah. <laughs> there has to be, I think that before we have that growth, there is that one moment of like, oh, this is not working for me. <laughs> this is what's happening right now is not working. And then once there's that recognition of this is not working, then there's this launching pad of like, oh, here's how I can make this work. Like, oh, this is where I want to go. This is the person that I want to be. But it never happens. It never happens without that recognition. It just doesn't. It can't. Yeah. Or at least knowing who you are now to, <laughs> to get there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then you'll be able to find your okay and okay, your okay is going to change. Yeah. I'll keep morphing. 
Yes, it'll keep morphing for sure. So do you have any other last thoughts about Upside Down that you want to share with us? Um, No, but hopefully we get to hear it live again. And that's about it. <laughs> yes, hopefully we get to hear it live. Yeah. In maybe a new way, maybe not. I don't know. Whichever, um, yeah, however she wants to do it. However, yeah, I'm always excited the little nuanced changes that she puts into yeah. songs especially yeah. older songs mm -hmm. that have been you know for a very long time like and then it's like oh wait what's this oh she's doing this whole new thing with it yeah i love it so where can we find you on the socials amber um i am on instagram as birdie amber and i am on facebook as amber evanson um amber lee evanson which i'm less active on there but i am in some of the groups so for sure. Anything you want to share with us about what you're up to in the world? Uh, what am I up to lately? I don't know. Um, Right now, I am started working as a nanny, which I was in education for a long time. So it's a lot um, less stress, and I'm enjoying that. And I live in Florida, so the education system here is not amazing and not moving, <laughs> moving in an opposite direction from, mm -hmm. I think, how we all want. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of doing that right now. And for now, I enjoy it. And we'll see what happens. I'm kind of in like a position, like a time of flux. So who knows? <laughs> Well, and those of you who want one of those special ornaments, it's it's February. <laughs> so you have plenty of time to really kiss up to Amber and make some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, by next Christmas. You an ornament, right? <laughs> that was such a funny project. But yeah, it did help me learn a lot about people. <laughs> yeah, the evil plan is now in place. I'm a for the Christmas ornament. <laughs> yeah. You might need to like think, start asking me now. <laughs> You're right. Just become a really important person in Amber's life. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amber, for joining me today to talk about Upside Down. I really loved hearing your perspective and, and thinking new thoughts about Upside Down. I'm always, I actually, it's one of my favorite things. Was my favorite promo Tori ever did was for Unrepentant Geraldines and talking about opening our perspective and that we should be unrepentant about the expansion of our perspectives. And it has been like a guiding force. And I, it's, it was of one of those 45, 50 minute interviews that she says, mm -hmm. in it. watch that, go and watch that. But that has been like a guiding force in my life for the past 10 years that like, it's okay to change your mind. And not only that, but you need to be unrepentant about it. Yeah. Don't apologize for it. Yeah. <laughs> Never apologize for changing your mind because you didn't know. And now, you know, so we didn't know how wonderfully amazing upside down was. And now we do. Now we so do. <laughs> we've got to listen to upside down more. <laughs> got to give it more plays. So make sure you follow Songs of Tori Amos on the socials, Songs of Tori Amos on Instagram, also on Twitter. Make sure you listen to the podcast. You can join me Tuesday through Friday, or you can join Efren on Mondays for New Music Mondays. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Rose Cress, and I'll see you next time. Bye.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.